Welcome to the Slay the Giant podcast. Hey, Slay family, are you ready to slay your giant, conquer your fears, and pivot into your future? The time is now for you to be all God has created you to be. It will take intentionality, reflection, and movement. Are you ready to do the work to win? My guests and I are ready to speak life and purpose into you. Well, let's get to it, Giant Slayers. Welcome, Giant Slayers family. Thank you for joining us today. I am super excited. I have my friend, um, co-host for today, Reverend Tisha Dixon-Williams. Um, she is a mighty, great woman of God, woman of many talents. Um, and I just want to highlight some of her um, talents and her abilities, her ministries. She is the creator and chief curator of global women's ministry movement called Who's That Lady? She is the first, first, <laughs> I like to emphasize that female pastor of the Bridgehampton Baptist Church. Um, she can correct me, um, but this is the first time in 97 years of this church history that they have a female preacher pastor. She's just a powerhouse world traveler. She's a wife. Um, she's just a woman who is on the front line doing some amazing things. And if you're not following her after today's podcast, you need to go follow her immediately because you just want to know wherever Tisha is, that's where you want to be. I hope it's okay if I just call you Tisha because you're my girl yeah, too. You, you call me Tish. That's <laughs> okay. <even> better. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think she's doing some amazing things. And I just um, wanted to invite her today because I know that she would have so many nuggets for you to hear and for us to learn from. Um, you know, whenever we do these interviews or have a co-host, it is to learn, it is to glean, it is to grow. Um, that's what we're here to do in 2022. We're growing, we're pivoting, we're doing some great things. So welcome, Tish. Thank you so much. Thank you. To my sister Ashley, thank you so much, Reverend Ramsey, Minister Ramsey, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Prophetess <Awesome>. Ramsey. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me. I I'm always um humbled by any invitation I get, and I'm certainly humbled to be now counted in the in the Giant Slayer family. This is so amazing. So I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And, um, you know, we have already had a like a good conversation before this. <laughs> yes. so we just had to catch up. Right. But, um, I wanted to just um, highlight the fact that you are the first female pastor of this church, this amazing church. And when I met you six years ago, we were all at a conference, a leadership conference at um, Princeton. Um, and we kind of messed immediately. We hung out, we spent time together, we sang songs. We just really had an amazing time um, getting to know one another. At that time, I don't think you were a pastor yet. I think you had accepted the call. Yes. Um, I believe that you had, you knew you were preaching as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and you knew that God was calling you to, to be a preacher, but, um, I think this opportunity came some years later. Can you talk a little bit about, um, your journey to being, um, the pastor of this great church? Yeah. So it's a rather unique journey. Um, you're right. When we were together at, B at BTLI and, uh, July, right? June, July of 2016. I had no idea. I was preaching at that time. 
Um, I'm trying to think if I had even think I, yeah, I think I was, a. I don't even think I was ordained yet. I don't think, I think I may have gotten ordained. Oh, I got ordained in 2017, I want to say. So I wasn't even ordained yet. So this, and being a pastor was never on my radar. Um, I pastored the First Baptist Church of Bridgehampton and my husband and I have a home here, a family home that we, um, that he grew up in. And so we would spend summers out here and his mom at the time would spend her winters in Florida. And then she would come up here to the area, quote unquote, known as the Hamptons for the summer. And so I literally was there for the weekend, just kind of getting her room together, getting the house together for her summer stay. And something that morning just said, I feel like worshiping today because I wasn't going to be at my church because I was away. And I said, I know. I'm going to go to that little church on the turnpike with the steeple. I didn't know the name of the church. I just knew in my brain where the church was. I had visited a couple of times for different events because it was a well-known church out here. And I go in (laughs) and I look at the program and, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, well I have to, I know they're going to do a welcome. And, you know, as a good Baptist, (laughs) good Baptist, I know I have to respond to the welcome. I do my whole giving all to God. So who do I address as the pastor? And they didn't have one. And understanding just sort of the pressure that a church must be under in the absence of a pastor, I could not be an able-bodied clergy person and not offer my support. And so I have never done this before and had never done it since. I went to uh, the reverend who was here at the time and I gave him my card and said, I'm here often. If you ever need help, serving the ordinances or teaching with classes, I will, I can make myself available. Never offered to preach, just to support. <clears throat> uh, a week later, I think they called me and said, would you preach for us um, in September? This might've been July. I was like, sure. And then they just kept inviting me back consistently to come preach when they needed someone. Um, in addition to other people. And then finally, they uh, started a search committee and asked me if I would throw my hat in the ring. And I said, absolutely. And um, here we are now going on four years later. It'll be four years in April that I was elected as the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Bridgehampton. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. And it's just I just think, you know, God just orders our steps so amazingly. Like, you know, just, you know, going into a church service and then lending your support, which just shows that you are servant at heart. (laughs) Um, And then this opportunity coming, you know, when they begin to do the search, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and you are anointed and amazing and you always have a (laughs) on time word. To God be the glory. Thank you. Timely (laughs) word. (laughs) <laughs> if you've not heard her preach, you need to go to YouTube and like listen to her words. They're profound. Um, and it's just great um, to hear you um, and, and to be able to hear you on a consistent basis. They, Your church is blessed. First Baptist Church of Bridgehampton, they're, they're blessed. Thank um, you. God for the glory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so I wanted to um, kind of gauge from you, um, you know, I know that you have this experience of, you know, pastoring now four years during a pandemic, right? Um, Mm. You know, you have a lot of hats and, you know, we've had to, you're also an author. 
Yes. Um, so we've all had to learn how to pivot um, during this time. And, you know, last time, last episode, we talked a little bit about that mindset, you know, shift that we've had to make that adjustment, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, some of the goals we had set before, you know, we've had to look at those goals a little bit differently. We've had to shift in our mind. We had to shift in our thinking as a church, you know, uh, as a mother, as a wife, whatever roles we play in life, like we've had to make that adjustment and that shift because it's the role is just not what it was two or three mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, can you share um, some ways in which you've had to pivot and anything, uh, any words of wisdom um, that you can give to those who are listening regarding pivoting? Sure. So the interesting thing about pivots, right, is that there are different types of pivots. So if you look at um, a ballerina, when a ballerina pivots, right, they call it a pirouette. And it's the most amazing, beautiful. I think if you go to the ballet, you're waiting for her to do this phenomenal twirl, this pirouette. And in actuality, she's pivoting. What people don't understand about that pivot is it looks really easy, but it's quite difficult. And then there's the basketball pivot. (laughs) The basketball pivot that says, I have to keep one foot on the ground while the other one is moving. Otherwise, I'll get fouled, right? And so the idea that in this season, we've had to do a little bit of that, keep one foot in and one foot out while still protecting that which is important to us, keeping our hands on the ball. And then the pivot I think that I have benefited from the most and was the most unexpected is what I've been calling the providential pivot. So while we are yet pivoting like a pirouette where I have done things that have looked really easy, that have been very difficult (laughs) to do, and also have done my best to keep my eye on the ball, to keep one foot into what we used to do, and one foot into now where we have to go, that sort of hybrid ministry. And then the providential period is, providential pivot, say that three times fast, is God. The pivot that God makes that you don't even see coming. And I say that because right before COVID hit, one of my main goals going into my, so let me say this, pastoring in a pandemic. I had only been pastoring for a year and a half. So in my third year, that last year and a half, I have been pastoring in a pandemic, which is crazy to me. So I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out where the bathrooms are. I just, (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm still trying to learn everyone's names. And now God, this going to be what part of the game is this? And so (laughs) right before uh, COVID hit, one of my plans was to upgrade the whole digital system so that at some point we would be able to go virtual so that we would be able to have online worship. The whole project was finished in March. March 15th was the last day we had in-person service. We were able to go live and stream March 22nd. Our first live service, we had over 3,000 views. 3,000 wow. people tuned in on our first first day. And I was like, that was only God. Only God. So I talk about the providential pivot, the pivot that God, the move that God makes that we are not even aware of. And that's why it's so obedient to be, so important to be obedient to the voice of God and to the spirit of God. Because 
that's how you win. <laughs> you know, and you get all sorts of pushback, like, why do we need all these monitors? And why do we need this? And why do we need that? And the fact of the matter was because God knew we would need it. And so right. just as a leader, being responsive to what God was saying, like, you don't know why you need this, but I do. Because there's a storm of brewing. <laughs> right. Something's on the way. Something is on the horizon and I need you to be prepared for it. So when we talk about pivots, there are different types, but that providential pivot, the pivot that God, where God knows it before you even knows it, know it. And when you're obedient to the spirit and you follow God's lead, you can put things in place that will protect you in seasons of turmoil, really, because that's what it's been. That's what it's been. But we all have to be ready to pivot. I always tell people, get your shift together. <laughs> Come on. You know? Get your shift together. You That's always right. have to be ready to shift. And here's the great thing about a shift. Anything that you shift is a small move that makes a big impact. Wow. If I shift the gear in my car, it's a small move. It's a tap of the gear shift handle. But my whole car moves as a result. If you hit shift on a keyboard, it has the potential to change everything that you've typed on your desktop. So when anything that we shift makes a huge difference, a small move making a big impact. So I always tell people, look for the small moves, look for the small windows. You know, we always want the home run, but games, baseball games are won by covering your bases. You could sit at a baseball game for 100 hours and never see a home run but you will see people cover the bases. And that's what a shift is all about. It's always keeping your eye open for the next great move. Absolutely. And something you said that was so profound um, when you talked about that providential pivot, you know, I always talk about how when you break that word down, pro um, meaning before and video meaning seeing. So seeing before, literally. That's it. God has the ability to show us things before they happen. That's it. And he's so great like that, right? He warns mm -hmm. us. He mm -hmm. will tell us to go down a certain path, a certain mm -hmm. direction, because he knows what's ahead of us. Um, but we also have to know how to listen to the voice of the spirit to really know what he's telling us to do. And I know that there may be some who may say, you know what? This is a season where I need to hear that voice. I need to hear what God is really saying um, to me regarding the shift, the small moves that make big impacts. I need to know what God is really speaking to me. And, um, you know, if you can give some wisdom or um, some words on how do we really get in tune with that voice to hear when we really need a shift when we need to move into the direction where God is leading us into what what do we need to do um, to kind of make that shift and how do we know when that providential pivot um, is happening for us mm -hmm. I think the, the first thing that you have to do is understand that God may not speak audibly mm. we're always looking for a uh, a moment for God to speak Speak and actually speak and say something. But I think it was Dr. Renita Weems who said, God hasn't spoken since the last time God spoke. So it's like, <laughs> you hear that you're sitting here waiting for a voice that's not going to come. But rather mm -hmm. that that voice comes in the form of people. Right. The voice comes in the form of a song. Mm -hmm. You might hear something and that's God's voice. It comes through a feeling. And, and, and we ought not ignore some of the things that we feel. 
like our gut. I don't know that our gut steers us wrong. Our mind, our heart sometimes, but I don't know that the gut fails. And you know it when it's God. And then the other thing I say is take the step. That's really how you know. Mm-hmm. When you take the step and it works and it mm-hmm. looks like there's another step to take, more often than not, that's God. Mm-hmm. If there are no feelings of confusion or chaos surrounding it, more often or not, more often than not, that's God. Because here's what I know about God. God will never tell you to do anything to hurt yourself or anybody else. That's how you know when it's the voice of God. And then you have to understand God's will. So I know some people struggle. I'm going to use this one. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I, you know, sometimes I want to tell people about God. Sometimes I want to tell people about the goodness of Jesus. So I feel compelled to pray for somebody, but I'm so scared because I don't know if it's really God telling me to do that. Let me ask you this question. Why wouldn't God want you to pray for somebody? Right. Is that not in the will of God that we pray for one another? <laughs> right. right. Why, God, why would God not want you to go feed somebody? Why would God not want you to volunteer at the homeless shelter and feed people when we are specifically ordered to do what? Feed my sheep. What you mm-hmm. do to the least of these you have done to, unto me. So you have to understand the will of God in order to understand the voice of God. Why wouldn't God want you to sing a song in God's honor? Why wouldn't God want you to use your talents? And multiply them to be a blessing to other people. So I think we hear God through other people, through song, through different avenues. I think we hear God um, through our experiences and, and in our gut. And I think we hear God by just starting. If you have an inclination to do, do it and watch God do the rest. I'm, I am a firm believer in that and I'm a living witness to that. I have, that's how kind of how who's that lady was born. I am. Um, I was one, I knew there was something I was supposed to be doing around women. And I had this whole other thought and idea for it. And I, but I kept feeling, feeling very anxious and nervous in my spirit. And I was like, this can't be of God because I don't have any peace about this. While I'm trying to do the right thing, I don't have any peace about this. So I stopped what I was doing. It was a morning before I went to work. I got on my knees and I prayed. Not 10 minutes after I got up, I got a call from a woman in my church. I had never heard from her before, had never heard from her after. She never called me. Can't even tell you how she got my number. And she just said, I'm going into surgery today. They found cancer and I'd really like you to pray with me. And I prayed with her. It was after that prayer that I said, I got it, Lord, loud and clear, that I knew I was being called to be a blessing to support women in their struggles and to that for them not for them to know without a shadow of a doubt that they were not alone and that no matter what they were going through, it wouldn't be the first time that God showed up (laughs) in some, in a very similar situation. And that's how, who's that lady was born. And so when I say that, I mean, take the step, you know what I mean? Take the step. That's how it all happened. It was just, and then after that, it was crystal clear. And so once I took the step to start, who's that lady, all of a sudden, I didn't have to say anything. Someone came to me and said, I really want to support you in this. So when we do Bible study, can I set up the camera and we can go on social media? Somebody else said, you're going to have a lot on your plate with this endeavor. Can I assist you? I want to support you in this. I promise you. And now that same person, my friend, Cerny Bryan, who started, she now has her own ministry where she wow. helps um, incarcerate and helps the incarcerated with reentry because of all the work that she did with me. She was able to learn and then she 
was inspired to do her own thing. That's God. You can't tell me that God. Every spiral. And then it became a, a worldwide movement. Then it became 300 women in Uganda. Then it became a school in Kenya. Then it now it's a retreats to Morocco. That's all wow. God. All because when I got up off my knees, <laughs> I said, Lord, whatever your will is, I'll do. That was it. So sometimes it's just about taking the step. It's just about taking the one step and God will put, bring all the resources and put everything into place. Of that, I am sure. Mm-hmm. It's about trusting God, even when you don't see all of the steps. Like you talked about taking the step. So That's you it. may not see the full staircase, but once you take that step, things will start to align That's itself it. and God will show you the rest of the way. And, um, you know, that's what this whole walk is about faith, mm-hmm. trusting God. Even when we don't see everything right. he is doing, we can trust mm-hmm. his ability to number one, take care of us because he loves us. That's right. And he's never going to do anything as you've already said to hurt us or to harm us. He's going to tell mm-hmm. us what's going to help us grow and develop as individuals, as people that's going to support other people. He got it, has it all figured out. And right. so we right. take that step. It's risky. It's right? totally risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you are obedient, you, you know, it's, it's all about trusting God. It's risky. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen next. But it's about having the faith to say, God, if you lead me to it, I know that you're going to guide me through everything that comes along That's with right. it. Let me tell you, you're that is, help me with it. That is actually my deal. God and I's deal. We have an agreement. <laughs> wow. And when I noticed that ministry was starting to shift, when things were starting to become um, were growing in a way that I had not expected and was shifting in ways that I did not expect. I started to become very fearful. And if there's one emotion, it's two emotions I don't like, fear and regret. I hate them. Um, And fear is not a detractor for me. Fear motivates me. It pushes me because now I feel like I have something I have to prove to myself beyond the fear. And I I became very fearful of ministry. And I was like, whoa, this is moving way too, this is too much too soon. I don't know what you're doing, but pump the brakes. And then I was like, wait a minute. That is not even my, that is not even how I've lived my life. That is never, being afraid has never served me well, right? I feel the fear and do it anyway. And people are always like, well, aren't you, I'm scared all the time. I'm, I'm scared all the time, but I do it anyway. I do it scared. And so for the first time, almost willingly recoiling and pulling myself back from what God had for me, that felt worse than the fear itself because mm. I wasn't operating in the power that God gave me to operate in. And I said, okay, God, so here's the deal. I guess I see what you're doing. (laughs) It doesn't look like you're taking your foot off the gas. Uh -uh. So now how do we work this thing out? Here's the deal. I said, here's what I'm willing to do. If you open the door, I promise you, God, that I will always have the courage to walk through it. Now, understand what I said. I never said that once I get on the other side, I'm going to take my own path. I said, (laughs) if you open the door, I will walk through it and then I'm going to leave the rest up to you. The problem with that we have most times is we want to walk through the door and navigate the path. That ain't your job. Right. Your job is to walk through the door and then Mm. let God navigate the path. Let God map that thing out. Not you, 
Let God do it. Your job is to take the step, cross the threshold. And for some of us, that's a, and that's a huge step. As you said, that's risky because they who raise their head above the crowd gets all the tomatoes. Mm. That's risky. It's risky to stand out. It's risky to be a trailblazer. It's risky to be a path paver. It's risky. You put yourself out there. You got the court of public opinion. You have your own insecurities that you did. It is risky. Ain't no lie. But all God is saying in this season is just cross the threshold. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is um, Caleb and Joshua when they're sent to spy out the land. I absolutely love that because he's like, just take a peek into what I had. He didn't say go in. He had them go in and do recon. Some of us have to understand that right now in this season, you're ripe for recon. God is sending you just to scout out a little bit of what I'm send, of what I have for you. And how many times have we prayed that prayer? Lord, if you could just show me, if you could just show me a little peek into the future. And then when God does, we pull back. It's like, wait a minute. Nope, that was too scary. But how amazing is it that every once in a while, God allows you to be an active participant in the future that God has for you. And those moments don't happen often, but when they do, you got to walk through the door. When God opens the door and says, let me give you a, let me give you a spoiler alert. <laughs> you got to take the, you got to take it. You got to take it. And all you're required to do is take the step. God will do the rest. Thank you for listening to Slay the Giant podcast. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. And if you would like to leave a review, please do so on Apple Podcasts. Also, please email us at slaythegiantpodcast at gmail.com. Look forward to talking with you again. See ya.